0: Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkes, your host, and our guest is Cheryl Doss, a senior lecturer in international affairs and economics at Yale University. Professor Doss's research interests center around household decision-making in rural households, especially in Africa. In particular, she is interested in how social and economic changes affect the dynamics of decision making within households. Much of Professor Doss's current work focuses on issues around women's access to assets, including land. Today, we talk with her about land ownership and land tenure reform as it affects women in Africa. Welcome Professor Doss. Thank you. Let's um, begin with how you got involved in um, researching the dynamics of households in rural households, especially in Africa. What led you to it?
1: I had spent some time living and working in Africa. I worked in Liberia Mm -hmm. um, working with a women's training program and got very interested in trying to understand what was happening with women. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I started graduate school in applied economics, It turns out that most of the models of households treated households as though they were individuals. And so thought about household decision making as though it was simply one person Mm -hmm. making a decision. But in fact, we know that's not how households make decisions. Most of us in our households have many people. And although we may agree on many things, we probably don't agree on everything. Um, And so trying to understand about the dynamics of what happens in households Um, is really important because it affects the outcomes. So when women have more power in households or less power in households, when women earn more of the income, or as we're starting to learn, when women own some of the assets, it actually affects the kinds of decisions that households make, including decisions about, if you're rural households in Africa, it might affect the decisions about what kind of crops to grow, how much of them to sell, but also decisions about sending children to school, Healthcare and various other kinds of things.
0: I know you've done a lot of work as you mentioned in Liberia and also Uganda um, How is land acquisition and and tenure
1: changing in these countries? So the the everywhere in the world right now patterns of land are land ownership are changing mm-hmm. in part because there's becoming more and more pressure on land um, The population is growing, Mm -hmm. there's more pressure for foreign companies are coming in wanting to buy land Mm -hmm. um, in order to grow more food, to feed cities. um, And so the traditional patterns of land ownership, um, which may may not even be ownership in the sense that we understand Mm -hmm. it, it may simply be that particular households have a right to farm a particular plot of land, but many of them don't have any kind of documents for ownership. um, Wow. That's worked traditionally fairly well. There were local systems for how to allocate how to allocate land, how Mm -hmm. to resolve conflicts, um, and there were traditional systems for how women had access to to land in order to be able to farm. But as both as some of the social structures have broken down, particularly in Uganda one of the things that's changed is um, an increase in HIV AIDS. you at least hear lots of stories that when when a man dies of AIDS that often his widow will lose access to the land that she had been farming. She doesn't herself have claim to it and other people from the community, maybe from his family, who don't have enough land will come in and try to claim that piece of land. So to the extent that the systems had been working before, now that there's much more pressure on land, the systems are starting to break down and so in particular it's really important to start to think about how women have access to land um, and how to ensure that, particularly when their households dissolve, Mm -hmm. um, when their husband dies or if he leaves, how to make sure that they still are able to have land to support themselves and their children.
0: Okay, how do women typically own the land or is it primarily men?
1: so it will depend on what you mean by own okay. um, so in the work we did in Uganda over half of the households when you actually ask them who owns the land they will tell you that it's the husband and wife own it jointly mm-hmm. um, so we own the land um, and that tends to be true both when we ask husbands and when we ask wives they'll say we own the land but when you actually say well what does it mean that you own the land whose name is on an ownership document uh, most of it's not titled, but they may have some kind of a document that shows who the owner is. Mm-hmm. It's much much more common for that to be in the man's name. So that it works, women have access to land they claim to be the owners, mm-hmm. but then if anything's challenging their rights and their husband isn't there to support them in it, they may lose, lose access to it.
0: Okay. And then what happens? They're kicked off the land and someone comes up. I mean
1: it seems, it, it seems pretty nebulous. Right, so they may know. Right, they may not have access to it anymore. They yeah. may be told they can't farm that particular mm-hmm. piece of land. Somebody else comes and farms it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Okay, so so overall, let's talk
0: about the gender implications of the changes. So women, it sounds like from what you're saying, are becoming um, worse off than they had been previously with these changes happening, or is that incorrect?
1: They may be worse off. There could be cases where they're becoming better off, too. Mm -hmm. Um, If they have the ability to buy land um, and gain a title for it, Mm -hmm. then they may be better off. Um, So there's certainly a small group of women, both in Uganda and Liberia, who own land, who own title land, and who have really strong claims to the land. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's other women, but also other smallholder farmers whose access to land is being, is being threatened.
0: Okay, I'm curious to know how you do your methodology given, uh, given the topic of household dynamics. Do you actually go and, and live with anyone for a time or is it basically surveying different families on, on how they make their decisions? How exactly do you do your research? So
1: most of the work I've been doing is survey data. Okay. So we've been collecting household survey data, um, interviewing multiple people within households. So, where many households simply interview the household head, um, we've been interviewing both the household head, whether it's a m- man or a woman, and other adults in the household. Okay. Um, so, in Uganda, we interviewed about 350 households um, in three different districts, mm-hmm. asking them questions about ownership, about documents, about their rights over the land. Do you have the right to sell it? Can you make the decision on your own, or do you have to consult with somebody mm-hmm. else? Um, do you have the right to bequeath it? Can you rent it out? Um, who makes the decisions about what's get what gets planted on the land? Mm-hmm. Who keeps the revenue if you sell the um, the, the crops? Um, so a number of different kinds of questions to try to understand what does ownership mean, mm-hmm. right? Um, what is that bundle of rights that we thi- that we think of in the West as being ownership? If we own something, it means we can sell it. We can do whatever we want with right. it. Um, but that's not necessarily the case in other places. That bundle of rights may be divided up. You may have the right to farm it without actually having the right to sell it. And does it vary um, within the country, for instance,
0: say within Liberia? Does it, does it vary um, from place to place on how land ownership is, is done?
1: So both in Liberia and in Uganda, there's different forms of land ownership. Mm -hmm. So both of them have customary land tenure systems where it's the traditional system. Um, And that would actually, what that actually means varies across different areas Uh within the country. And then there's a formal legal statutory system um, where some of the land has title deeds. Mm -hmm. Um, So both of those systems. Occur at the same time within one country.
0: Okay. Are there any trends with the changing taking place in, in
1: acquisition and tenure? Um, well, I think the, the big trend is simply that there's more and more pressure on land. More people, more people wanting land. Mm-hmm. And so as land becomes more scarce, then the people without power within the household, community, village, country. All are the ones who are likely to to lose access to it. And uh,
0: unlike this country, I imagine. I mean, and when I say this country, I mean the United States. Most of the farmland is is controlled by big corporations. There's very few small farmers anymore. In Uganda and Liberia, I would imagine, and I could be wrong in this, but <laughs> it seems like it's um, mostly small farmers. Is that the case, or are there? Very I mean, you had mentioned there are outside companies coming in and buying up land, so how is that changing? Are there still a lot of you know single household farmers, or are corporations taking
1: more and more of the land? Still, the majority is done by smallholder farmers, okay. and still a majority of people in both of those countries earn their living by being smallholder farmers. Okay. Um, both countries have some kind of large plantation agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's growing um, but it's still the case that the majority of farmers are smallholder farmers okay.
0: in doing your research are there is there any one thing that particularly um, surprised you
1: I think we were surprised in Uganda because when we went and so we do I've been doing surveys mm-hmm. but before doing the surveys you have to go and do a lot of qualitative work mm-hmm. um, do a lot of focus groups try to figure out how to ask the right kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and over and over, we heard statements like, "How can women own property? How can property own property?" Um, and so, oh, a that's real interesting. <laughs> so women are considered property. So there were people who s- were implying that women were property. Okay. Um, and so, how could they be owners of property? And so, given that we had heard that, and that that's part of the rhetoric about land and property in Uganda, we were surprised that in over 50% of the households, the, hu- the, the, the husbands and wives reported that they owned it jointly. Mm-hmm. Um, which says that even though that rhetoric is there, in a lot of households, the households actually function pretty well. Mm-hmm. And the husband and wife work together as a team mm-hmm. um, to, produce, to produce crops, to raise a family, to do all the things that, right. that households do. That to me suggests that when we're thinking about policies, we need to think about how to build on those households, how to build on the pieces that work. Mm -hmm. Um, So rather than thinking about just going in and necessarily titling land in the names of lots of individual women, how do we ensure that in those households where women have some claims, that those claims are strengthened? And that if their husbands dies, the women retain the rights to, to farm that land. Mm-hmm. Do you think, uh, you know,
0: moving forward 10 years or so, w- to your point of, of people saying, well, w- women are property, but yet within the household, that's not necessarily how things work. Do you think moving forward, policy will be put in place where women
1: are thought of more as equal uh, to men? So Uganda actually, their laws are pretty gender equal, okay. um, so they've got a pretty good constitution that mm-hmm. supports women's rights, um, and then it's in practice and in people's attitudes that, that it may or may not be be taking place. So I think some of those kinds of things are changing, there's mm-hmm. certainly legislation being discussed that would change some of it. I've been doing some other comparative work, Mm -hmm. so doing much, much larger um, surveys in three other countries, in India, in Ecuador, and in Ghana, where we've done similar kinds of things, asking about land and asking about all the assets that people own Mm -hmm. and who owns them. Um, Down to the point of who owns the cell phone and who owns the television? Is it owned jointly? Does one of you own it? Um, And one of the things that we find from doing the comparative work is that the rules about marriage and inheritance play a big part in terms of what women own and Mm -hmm. what women have access to. So that in places where women, um, when you're married, you jointly own all of the marital property. Mm -hmm. That gives women much more ownership of assets than places where you still own assets individually regardless of whether you're married. So in many places, including in Uganda, there's no sense of there being Marital joint property in terms of the law. Whatever he has is his and whatever she has is hers Um, Women clearly benefit when whatever they Whatever is acquired during marriage jointly belongs to both of them. So as long as women are still paid Less than men and take more time out of the workforce, which is true. I think everywhere then women are going to benefit by having laws that guarantee that half of what the marital property is belongs to them.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing some of your work. Thank you very much. For more information about Professor Doss and her research, please visit our website at yale.edu backslash Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty Macmillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale.